Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Open Discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about the film The Outfit. So, we are going to spoiler territory. If you have not seen The Outfit, it is available for free on Amazon Prime. So, you can go and check it out there and then come back to our channel and see what we had to say about it. But without further ado, let's go ahead and just jump right into this. So, when I first started watching this movie, I was very intrigued because I did not know anything about it, I did not watch a trailer. I barely looked at the poster when I put it together. Like, I saw it, but I didn't really pay attention to it because I didn't want to know anything. And then looking back at the poster later, I was like, oh, okay, this poster actually gives a lot of what the, like, of some of the, like, key players and stuff in the film are in this poster, as well as items that are, like, really important. But, and it gives you a kind of feeling of what the movie's going to be. But when I started watching the film, I had no idea what the tone or even story of the movie was going to be like. And I saw this, uh, I forget the actor's name, but the main actor is somebody that we had also seen in Don't Look Up, who played like the kind of Elon Musk uh, type character in Don't Look Up. This is the same actor as was in there. And so I was happy to see him again because he's a good actor. But when the film opens, it's really, really beautifully shot. And it shows the, the guy like, putting together a suit while he has like some dialogue going over um, the actions that he's doing. And the moment I heard that dialogue, I was like, ooh, I don't know if Cheryl's gonna like this. I don't know if she liked this at all. Like maybe I guess uh, she just let that slide. Like, you know, I know that she's very picky about this, but the dialogue also plays into like the movie itself later, which is really great. But um, when you're seeing him put together the suit and stuff, I was like, oh, is this movie called The Outfit because of... He makes outfits. He makes outfits. He's a tailor. Well, he's not a tailor. He's a cutter. Cutter. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, if this movie is about, like, a, like, clothing shop where the guy is, like, making clothing and is about, like, the process of making clothing, it's not a movie I was expecting to watch, but I was, like, prepared to enjoy that movie. Because I was like, I have no idea how to make clothing. And I'm like, this is fascinating to see the process of making clothing. So that was the movie <laughs> I expected. The movie that I got <laughs> was very different. The movie that you got was Bullet Train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So this movie, like, literally, like, you start hearing later on, like, like maybe five or ten minutes into the film, that the outfit is also referring to an organization, which is what I thought the movie was going to be before I saw it. And then my thoughts flipped when I saw him making an outfit, but then they actually bring up the fact the outfit is an organization. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I guess maybe at the 15 or 20 minute mark, I realized we're not leaving. We're not leaving this tailor shop. We're not leaving this clothing store. We're just, we're just here. And then I was like, oh, this is a bottle film. And then as I watched it some more, I was like, oh, this is a play. And I was like, okay, I, this is speaking to me aesthetically and that's why I'm enjoying it. And then that aspect of it was, I was, uh, made me think, I think that Cheryl also would enjoy that aspect of this film too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it, it reminded me of a lot of things. I think uh, like a play, like you said, for, for one thing, um, I do love theater. I love how we're in this one set or this one location. Um, mm -hmm. But 
it's very true. Like, it's a little different from Bullet Train because, you know, we were, like we were talking about earlier, uh, Bullet Train is a bottle film, but they have scenes that take place in other places for flashbacks and stuff like that. But we kind of get that because he does have a memory, but it's barely anything. Barely anything. Um, but it really does just take place in this one shop. And... Um, and it's not, like you said, it's not what you would expect when you first see it, because I, too, thought that it was going to be a really boring movie about a guy who makes clothes, and (laughs) I did think it was a little interesting, because it's, like, really soothing the way he, like, speaks about it, and, like, you're watching him actually, you know, go through the process of making an outfit, um, but then it turns into some other movie, and it's very interesting because it's so complex and interesting and like you you get to know everything because you're seeing everything and um i don't know if you've seen this movie but um there's another movie by hitchcock called rope and oh i know rope i don't think i ever actually seen rope so i think we should watch it at some point but it's very um or you can watch it on your own um and you'll see what i mean but it's very similar to this movie um, in that, again, Rope also takes place in one place. And um, there's Body. <laughs> I mean, spoilers for Rope, but um, it's a Hitchcock film. Mm-hmm. There's always a body. Um, I was going to say, it's, it's probably a very noir-like. So Yeah. So, yeah, that too. So, um, it's just very fun because, you know, in a, in a weird way because uh like it it is high tension because you're rooting for people and you're like you want this guy to be okay and then you kind of start to root for um richie who's not a great guy because he's a mobster and then you kind of start to root for francis because you because um like he's a terrible guy because he killed richie but Mm -hmm. but then because your main character is kind of trying to help him too and he's doing a very good job at it and then but then you're like, wait, 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 why am I, why am I rooting for Francis? And then you start rooting for Roy, who's the, the boss guy. And they're all freaking mobsters and they're all like unleashing hell on our main character. And then they bring in Mabel and she's like a hostage. But then later you find out that she's kind of in on this too. And so you're like, everybody's in on it except for your main character. And then you figure out, heck, all this time, he was kind of the mastermind behind everything. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, so, I mean, you basically just outlined, like, the process of the movie, which is cool. And, like, for my process, like, going through the experience of the movie, when I realized it's a mob film, I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. And it was like you said, like, we first meet Richie, and I'm like, this guy's a douchebag. I don't like him. Like, screw screw him. Whatever happens to him, I'm not going to care. And then after uh, Leonard saves him, and then they're sitting in the chair and, like, just kind of ha- having a conversation, I'm like, oh, I kind of like you. But then that same conversation is when the energy starts to shift. Because the moment that Leonard starts talking about how he's the rat, I was like, oh, this guy's a manipulator. He's going to start manipulating these people. And then you start seeing these situations in which you know that he's a manipulator. Like, 
when Francis arrives, he goes and he talks to Francis by himself and says, hey, I, 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 he, this guy, Richie is acting kind of weird and, you know, I haven't left him alone until just this moment. And then when they go inside, the, 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 the cassette is gone. And I'm like, I know Leonard took that cassette, but they don't know. And now he's putting them against them. So then I'm looking at Leonard and I'm just like, oh, so you're actually, like, I'm, I don't think you're bad, but you're actually trying to actively trick these people into killing each other and making yourself look like you're not. So then I was like even more interested because I, I was like, you are somebody and you're, you're doing this for a reason. And I was like, I don't believe that you are the rat, but I think that you figured out that Mabel is. And that's why you're doing this because you're trying to protect her. So that's what I thought at like the 30 or maybe 40 minute mark of the movie. So the point when they pull Mabel in and she they, and they're like, oh, she's the rat. They call her out and then they're going to go and torture her. And he looks worried. I was like, OK, but it would be interesting if he actually was the rat. And now he's thinking that his actions are going to get Mabel killed. But then it's just as interesting if he's trying to protect her and she actually is the rat. And then we find out that she actually is later. And that's not like the most complicated moment in the film the most complicated moment in the film comes like from them having to just figure out how to survive because there is a dead body in the room that Roy is that his name oh yeah Roy is looking for and they have to figure out how to pretend like this person is alive so that they don't all die and that's where like the tension and the creativity comes in and you see how smart each and every one of these characters are you see how smart francis is with his ability to tell um to tell leonard information without actually saying anything it basically says hey i'm about to shoot the shit out of this girl if you don't if you don't like get in line so you better make make up something real good and then he makes up something and then they play off each other and then like you think that um leonard is going to win in this situation because he's going to make them all leave but then Francis is like, I think I should stay, and then talks himself into staying. And you're just like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? So it's it's super interesting. Yeah, and it's uh, I think I kind of went back and forth between like, wait, is he just an innocent guy and he's just very good at like talking his way out of stuff? Or, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of like um, the prince in bullet train where she just kind of plays the I'm innocent card and so does he and Mm -hmm. just you know kind of manipulates everyone around him to do the dirty work for him Um, and so I was just like when he first said I'm the rat to Richie I was like wait he's the rat and then they start laughing about it and I'm like wait but is he the rat (laughs) right you made it as you're like wait he could be though right (laughs) yeah he could no he could be because he's um he's he lets people in the store to put the messages in that box so he sees everything he could very easily be the rat but then you also have mabel who's always there and she's dating richie so like it could also be francis so like who is it gonna who who is the rat? And I think like that's that's the cool thing about it. It's because it's kind of like a who done it kind of thing, but it's more of a who's the rat kind of situation. Um, and it's just so complex. Like if you really think about it, this whole movie is just talking. It's just it people really- talking, and like the the fact that they are able to make this so interesting and keep you so captivated by people just talking. 
that's a masterpiece there. Yeah, and they literally have, like, there are, the movie doesn't really have any action sequences, and there's, like, a lot of violence that happens off screen, but that violence is very muted and very quick. When they, like, it's not like these big, large shootouts. It's like, if a bullet go, if a if a shot is fired, someone died, basically. And that's kind of, like, how it goes until the end. Like, the end of the movie is when we get the most, I guess, action or spectacle, because we get two characters fighting in kind of a burning building. But the fight isn't really a fight of physicality. It's kind of a fight of... I guess opportunity because you have one character who is younger but has been shot and a ca- another character who is older and you would think more frail and so we actually see Leonard running from Francis near the end when he realized that Francis is still alive and he does get shot and it's fortunate that he does not die he takes a hit and Francis then runs out of ammo which I was kind of surprised that Francis run- ran out of ammo um but then, you know, uh, Leonard's able to basically take his shears, which he has another really good scene with Roy um, at one point in the movie where he's talking about why those shears mean so much to him. And so, and then those shears are basically used to save his life. So, yeah, like, and one other thing I wanted to bring up is, like, just this is the one part of the movie where we have to see our character get physical because so far throughout the movie the character's weapon has been his mind and one of my favorite moments is when he tells or he yeah he tells what um violet the uh la, la fontaine uh when she comes in that he doesn't need that she doesn't need to worry about francis because he took the bullets out of his gun i also had a moment of did he do that when did he do that? If anybody could have did it, it was him. And But I was like, but he never had his gun. Like, how did he do it? And Francis, you would think, would know that information too. But even he had to start doubting because of how smart our character has shown himself to be, which is why he takes a moment to look at his gun to see if the ammo is still in there, which the other guys immediately take the opportunity to shoot him. So they were even smart because they acted on, on his communication without actually communicating and there's so much of that in this movie and that's what's fascinating yeah i'm just like i'm just so entranced in what you're saying about this movie i'm just like oh wait i have to talk to you <laughs> yes yes sorry yes. <laughs> yeah and I, and I was like so like enjoying talking about this stuff because it's really cool but yeah like what else other kind of things that stood out for you i think one of the things that um that i really liked was uh actually the voiceover at first i was like it 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 didn't really stand out to me because you know i don't i'm not a huge fan of voiceover but at least Mm -hmm. it was consistent because throughout the movie he keeps talking about the process of what it's like to make clothing and then at the very end it gets bookended because at the beginning of the movie it starts with how you begin making an outfit and then at the very end of the movie um when you know he's talking about um like you you know you get the reveal that he came from london because he was in um he was in a mob um in uh in london 
and he tried to leave the mob because he fell in love with someone and then he had a daughter but then they burned his house down and they died and so he left and then he started over in Chicago and so now he's kind of having to do that again where now you know his place is burning down and it's time for him to leave and then the last thing he says is like you know when when you're done if it doesn't work then you just start over and it's funny because like he's not just talking about how you make an outfit but he's talking about like your life like if things don't work out then you just try it again and I really like that way of thinking especially like if it's from this guy who's like in a gang or he was in a gang like you know that he's not a good guy and even like in this movie like the fact that he's very manipulative and he you know is get he's he's just kind of tricking everyone through this whole movie uh i mean not that he's like not a good person but he has a past and um it's just i don't know i just really liked how they book ended that and used the process of making clothing as a a metaphor for life <laughs> it yeah. just sort of fits together so well because he's he's a cutter and he he owns the shop and he's actually very good at it even though he used to be in a gang so it's just it's just all very conveniently aligned and really makes fit, it just fits together really well like it's just very cleverly thought out right and then the thing that we didn't really talk about um yet which is actually very important for the film is the discovery that he's actually been planning the downfall of this gang for months when you realize that the outfit, which we haven't talked much about, but the outfit, the organization, seems to be some type of criminal organization that will support other criminals if they feel like your criminal organization is worthy of support. So kind of like, I guess, a Illuminati amongst the criminal underworld. And so he, they, the the mob thinks that they are getting letters from this organization that will then bring them into the fold, which will basically set them up for life because the whole point is that they will have your back no matter what happens once you are a part of the outfit. And we find out at the end of the film that he has been the one sending those letters for the entire time with the expectation that he is going to trick all of these people to basically bring about the downfall of every single criminal element involved um including la fontaine and i think it's pretty interesting that and i like it because this is the, the aspect that feels like a play we see roy leave but we don't see roy die we don't hear roy die we just know that they set something up where la fontaine is going to be where roy is going to be and when la fontaine shows up she talks about how she killed him and so it's like okay now we don't get to see that character anymore and we know that character is gone but then the movie implies that La Fontaine is also going to be um, incriminated because of the thing that he was recording when she was there. And so basically he's bringing down the entire criminal organization of this area, this criminal element of this area. So he has been, he is, he has gone to work and he did all this while also helping Mabel, which I just think is like, it's just a really great, um, it's a really great reveal and it's really cool to see. 
So do you think that he did all of this because of how he feels about Mabel? Like seeing her as kind of a daughter figure that he lost? Or do you think that he went there particularly so that he could take down all these gangsters? Like it was the former. Um, I feel like the point of that scene where we see him folding the cloth and we see her do it wrong and then he kind of comes behind her and then fixes it and then kind of but without her knowledge and then kind of goes back and continues it i think that was to tell us the type of character that he is so i feel like the moment that he figured out that she was working to take these people down he was quietly observing for how he was going to support her without her knowledge and kind of any time she left something a little messy he would go behind her and clean it up without her knowledge as a way of helping her because that's who he is so that's that's kind of what i got from that all right that's a good way of thinking of it yeah because she did ask him like why he came there like of all places mm -hmm. that he could go why did he that's pick there so that's True. that's what made me question what his motivation was behind doing all of this so mm -hmm. yeah but it could be it could be, it could be yeah, both, it could be both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think that's I think that's very like it's a very fun movie. The the one thing that I was questioning was whether or not um like well not whether or not, but what happened with the original recording? Cuz the whole thing I got confused here, maybe you can like enlighten me on this, but like the whole thing was about a recording that like was that had the rat's voice on it which would have incriminated the rat incriminated the rat which would have allowed them the the mob to know who it was and then kill them and that's why they were, they were trying to protect um they were trying to protect them and but at the same time LaFontaine wanted that recording because it was valuable information I think but it seemed like the the tape that they gave her wasn't the real tape so I thought that that was a little weird because it does seem a little strange that she wouldn't listen to the tape to make sure it was authentic before she gave them the money and left. So that was probably the only movie, that one part of the movie that I questioned. That's true. Yeah, that makes sense. In my mind, I was just like, oh, he just gave her the tape of him recording himself talking about how it's like to make clothes. <laughs> right. And she's going to listen to it and be like, Oh, they gave me the wrong tape. This is a the Taylor's tape. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. And then she's going to go back to try to kill them. But yeah. Then, yeah. But then, of course, they would be gone or and then she is implied to be getting arrested. But yeah. So that was the only thing that kind of confused me. I think like he, he recorded over the original recording, right? Is that what they were trying to say? Because he took the tape that they had or did he have the real does the real tape still exist somewhere i think well i think because nobody ever listened to the real tape i don't think there was ever really anything on that tape i think it was a fake the whole time and it was kind of like a MacGuffin. and then okay. um because the real tape he had in the background mm -hmm. so i think that um Oh, Caboose says that there were two recorders, but... There um, were two recorders, okay. 
But what I was going to say is that maybe LaFontaine didn't check the tape because there was some trust built there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I guess you could say that they just saved her life. So she has every reason to believe that, like, we, that it was taken care of. Because she so, could have also just killed both of them and took everything anyway. That is, that's true. That's true. But she, like, stuck it. She stuck true to her word. There is some honor in mobbery. There is some, <laughs> there is some honor in mob, in mobbery. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I really did enjoy the film. I thought that it was like a lot of fun. I thought that it was cool because it evoked feelings of um, a play. I thought that it was cool because it also had it was a bottle film with like really good acting and good actors and a solid story. And then okay, yeah, he recorded over Mabel's original tape, and that's what I was thinking. I was feeling like he recorded over the original tape, and then she, and then the original tape was, and then that tape is what was given to LaFontaine, um, but yes, and I guess because of the trust, that's why she didn't listen to it before she left, because in reality, the whole thing falls apart if she listens to it in the room before leaving. So, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, like, I can see why this film would have been one of your favorites, or if not, like, the number one movie for you from last year. There's a lot of uh, elements in this film that I know would that are something that um, that speak to you as a person and there's and and, th and that's fine and like the things that like I think that you enjoyed about the film are things that I also enjoyed about the film and can understand why anybody would like really enjoy this film so now I'd like to ask you where you would place your this movie if in the top five of 2022 films I'd have to go and look back at like the full list of top fives because I don't remember what my fifth choice was. But depending on whatever that fifth choice would be, this would be in the top five because it's just a solid film. So, but it would probably be like five. It probably would be the fifth movie in my top five because I don't think this surpasses like my love of my top three films for sure. And maybe it could be interchangeable with Bullet Train, but I think I might've liked Bullet Train just a little bit more just because of how it speaks to my sensibilities for like what I enjoy um, and find entertaining. And I liked it for a different reason. I liked Bullet Train for a different reason than what I like this. So that's like, so that's probably where, that's probably where it falls for me. I do have one problem though, actually enough that I think about it. And I, I had, well, I, I did think about it, but I forgot to mm -hmm. mention, I, I was a little disappointed with how male heavy the cast was. Where yes. Mabel and LaFontaine were the only two female characters, and they had like some of the smallest roles in the film. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that was entirely necessary. Um, and I do notice and pay attention to those kind of things every time I watch a movie these days. But um, but I did enjoy the movie for what the structure was and the storytelling. I just thought it was really well crafted. Um, I think they had plenty of room to play around with casting um but overall i think it did a good job so too and yeah i i noticed that too and what i was just think the only thing i could think of was i was like i mean 
it's a pretty small cast anyway, and it's a period piece about mobsters, and it's trying to be like historically accurate, and there realistically wouldn't been have been that many females in like the mobs, which is why I think that we have Mabel being the rat and Lafontaine kind of being a different mob boss that is like that came from France, I guess. She could have been Roy. Yeah, that's true. They could have flipped it. Um, so, but yeah. That was like the, the... So because of that, that was one of those things where I was like, okay, like, it's definitely noticeable, but I, when, no, when things like that happen, I always try to ask myself, like, what is the context that the film is trying to, like, exist in? And then that usually is what kind of, like, either sways me one way or the other for how upset I'm going to get. <laughs> so... I think in this movie, yeah, it's definitely noticeable, but I don't think that because of what the context of the situation of the film is, I don't think that it bothered me as much, is, I guess is just all I'm saying. I think it bothered me um, because I know they they even proved to themselves that they could do it, but they, they mm-hmm. didn't do it anyway. Because they're, like, they, they throw historical accuracy out the window when they make stuff up. So, like, these are not based on real people or real events and stuff. So they really can do whatever they want. And they did. Because, like I said, they had LaFontaine being a, um, a woman of color. So mm-hmm. why couldn't they have made Roy that? And, you know, why couldn't... I mean, maybe I guess I could see, you know, the, the cutter being a male. Mm-hmm. But when you're... You, you get to make your own rules when you make a movie. And we have definitely seen period pieces like Bridgerton, where they do whatever they want. It doesn't have right. to be the way that you think it has to be. You get to make those decisions. So Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> so your main your main your main criticism. Yeah. But I like the story and I like the way they filmed it and the structure and everything. It really just, I was just a little bummed about the casting. Yeah. No, that's, and that's fair. That's like, that's like one of those things where it's just, you know, that's something that you're always going to notice, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, um, that's everything for me. Is there anything else that um, you wanted to like just quickly mention before we get out of here? Yes. Uh, blue jeans are worse than Nazis. <laughs> at least according to one source <laughs> so, but yeah that's what we thought about the outfit everybody like but what did you guys think about the outfit did you enjoy it was it one of your favorite movies of 2022 did you see the twist and turns coming in the film or did they catch you as off guard as they caught us whatever you thought about it comment below let us know and while you're down there if you give us a like share and subscribe even if you don't though i have been chris and this has been cheryl and we'll see you all next time